Greetings. We hope you have been enjoying our convocation. We certainly have too. I, I want to introduce myself. My name is Sister Usha, and our class is a very special one. It's on the science of Kriya Yoga. So we invite you to come on this journey with us in honor of the 75th anniversary of the publication of Paramahansa Yogananda's classic, Autobiography of a Yogi, we welcome you to come experience one of the most momentous scenes in our Guru's autobiography. Please come join us in mentally reenacting the enthralling story when Lahiri Mahashaya first met his deathless guru, Mahavatar Babaji, the yogi Christ of modern India, and was blessed to receive his Kriya initiation. You may recall reading how it all began. One morning, Lahiri Mahashaya's office manager summoned him and told him that he was being transferred immediately to a remote location an outpost in the foothills of the Himalayas, Ranakhet. Let's follow along as he describes this life-altering event in the autobiography. He said, my office duties were not onerous. I was able to spend many hours roaming in the magnificent hills. A rumor reached me that great saints bless the region with their presence. I felt a strong desire to see them. During a ramble one early afternoon, I was astounded to hear a distant voice calling my name. I continued my vigorous upward climb. On one of the rocky ledges stood a smiling young man extending his hand in welcome. Lahiri, you have come. The saint addressed me affectionately. Rest here in this cave. It was I who called you. I entered a neat little grotto. Lahiri, surely this cave seems familiar to you. As I maintained a bewildered silence, the saint approached and struck me gently on the forehead. At his magnetic touch, a wondrous current swept through my brain, releasing the sweet seed memories of my previous life. I remember. My voice was half choked with joyous sobs. I tearfully embraced my master's feet. As Babaji speaks to Lahiri Mahashaya now, experience him, feel him speaking to your heart. This is the love, the boundless love the Guru feels for his disciples. Receive it. For more than three decades, I have waited for you to return to me. Babaji's voice rang with celestial love. You slipped away and disappeared into the tumultuous waves of the life beyond death. The magic wand of your karma touched you and you were gone. Though you lost sight of me, never did I lose sight of you. Through gloom 
storm upheaval and light, I followed you like a mother bird guarding her young. My eye was ever on you. Patiently, month after month, year after year, I have watched over you, waiting for this perfect day. Now you are with me, my own. Do you now understand? My guru, what can I say, I murmured brokenly. Where has one ever heard of such deathless love? I gazed long and ecstatically at my eternal treasure, my guru in life and death. Hours later, Lahiri Mahashaya received Kriya Diksha from his transcendent guru, listened to Babaji's immortal words on that occasion. He said, wake, all your earthly thirsts are about to be quenched forever. Son, my son, arise. Receive your initiation into the kingdom of God through Kriya Yoga. Babaji stretched out his hand. A home of sacrificial fire appeared surrounded by fruits and flowers. I received the liberating yogic technique before the flaming altar. The rites were completed in the early dawn. Thus, we are privileged to take part in this auspicious event. And for those of us who have received the sacred Kriya Diksha, we are moved to say that it is one of the most auspicious events in the, in the history of all creation. And I don't think I'm overstating that on behalf of us all. For it is from those lofty heights, as our Guru said, Babaji in divine communion conferred with the resurrected ever-living Jesus. And he told us that that conference culminated in the sending of the message of Self-Realization Fellowship, the science of Kriya Yoga, to the world. Awe-inspiring, isn't it? So many of us feel a tremendous gratitude for the autobiography of a yogi because it brought into our life the science of Kriya and introduced us to our guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. So I thought it would be special to weave in throughout this class some of the stories and the gold nuggets from the autobiography to illustrate the themes about Kriya that we want to explore. First, let's get a little more historical perspective. Going back in time again for just a moment, unquestioningly, the chapter, The Science of Kriya Yoga, is one of the crest jewels of the autobiography. And there we read how Babaji told Lahiri Mahashaya, the Kriya Yoga that I am giving to the world through you in this 19th century is a revival of the same science that Krishna gave millenniums ago to Arjuna and that was later known 
to Patanjali and Christ and to St. John, St. Paul, and other disciples. For those who have received Kriya, these words fill us with amazement, don't they? they Kriya has been passed down from these exalted great ones to us. Think to yourself, in this moment of time, Kriya was gifted to me. What an immense privilege we've received. And it was our Gurudev, Paramansa Yogananda, who was ordained to continue the transmission of the ancient science of Kriya. He tells us, it is through the instance and blessings of Mahavatar Babaji and of Christ and my Guru and Param Guru that I was sent to the West and undertook the task of founding Self-Realization Fellowship to serve as the instrumentality for the preservation and dissemination worldwide of the Kriya Yoga science. In bestowing his blessings on me before I came to America in 1920, Mahavatar Babaji told me that I had been chosen for this sacred mission. He said, you are the one I have chosen to spread the message of Kriya Yoga in the West. But we are not here to marvel at the history, at the extraordinary lineage from which Kriya has descended to us, but to see how we can ascend through its practice and to get a, a renewed appreciation for what Kriya can do to transform our lives. The mandate for this class, as given in the description, is to look at some of the benefits the sacred technique of Kriya bestows on those who embrace this spiritual discipline. Why is it important to focus on the benefits? There are a few key reasons. For us who practice Kriya, we're called Kriya bonds, it is, it is good to take a moment to celebrate how our, lives, how our lives have changed and to let that inspire us to make a greater effort to reap the fullest benefit from our practice of Kriya. Very practically speaking, keeping in mind what Kriya can do for you compels you, propels you to make a more concerted effort to dedicate yourself to concentrate when you practice. And remember, the benefits are not just ideals that we hope to attain one day. They are our imperatives that we want to strive for every time we practice. And for those who have not yet taken the leap and committed yourself to Kriya, hearing about the benefits may inspire you to do so, to determine what obstacles, what hindrances have kept you from making that, that leap and receiving Kriya? Is it distractions? Is it lack of time or lack of self-discipline or maybe the tendency to doubt yourself? Or is it just that cosmic delusion that there's anything in this world more important than the experience 
of God bliss. At this point, some of you may be wondering what makes Kriya so special and why we who practice it are so excited about it. Well, the answer is simple. It works. Then you might ask, well, how does it work? That's simple too. Kriya is a scientific psychophysiological technique that enables you to withdraw your life force and attention from the body and the senses into the spine and brain, what Yoganandaji calls the altars of God, through the practice of a specific breathing technique. In the autobiography, we read how Sri Yukteswar explained to his students the, the secret behind the science of Kriya. He says Kriya Yoga is an instrument through which human evolution can be quickened. The ancient yogis discovered that the secret of cosmic consciousness is intimately linked with breath mastery. The life force, which is ordinarily absorbed in maintaining heart action, must be freed for higher activities by a method of calming and stilling the ceaseless demands of the breath. Then master, and let me mention here that we sometimes call Yoganandaji master because he mastered himself. And he says, the Kriya Yogi mentally directs his life energy to revolve upward and downward around the six spinal centers one half minute of revolution of energy around the sensitive spinal cord affects subtle progress in his evolution. That half minute of Kriya equals one year of natural spiritual unfoldment. Master sums up the efficacy, the superiority of Kriya in these words. He says, in contrast to the slow, uncertain, bullet cart theological path to God. Kriya Yoga may justly be called the airplane route. So what we have here is a highly effective technique that will advance your spiritual unfoldment one whole year every time you practice a Kriya. Most definitely the airplane route. If you're eager to know more, the chapter, The Science of Kriya Yoga in the Autobiography, provides an excellent introduction. And you'll find on our website information about the Self-Realization Fellowship home study lessons in preparation for Kriya. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later. So let's turn our attention now to the benefits Kriya bestows on us. Here are just two excerpts from the New Lesson series to give us a feel for what we can expect. Our Guru says, take the judgment of Lahiri Mahashaya and the other great ones and my own experience on this path. Kriya Yoga is the fastest, most direct method of realizing God. From my childhood, I used devotion, discrimination, and karma yoga. I tried 
everything, but my progress was very slow. But when I started Kriya Yoga, the experience that came in the spine was indescribable. Such happiness. Now, when I do Kriya just two or three times, instantly there is complete inner quiet and communion with God. The result is much more wonderful than my words can explain. Reaching that state takes time and patient effort. But Guruji also gives us this powerful assurance. He says, each time you practice Kriya correctly, you can be sure that your entire system is, is being divinely changed. Intriguing, isn't it? And we're just getting started. Let's look now at some of the major accomplishments that Kriya brings into our lives. Kriya helps to neutralize the effects of our past bad karma and to obliterate what we thought were our fixed traits. Guruji makes this strong statement, and it will be of special interest to those of you in the field of neuroscience. He says, some say that our brain cells at birth have come already patterned with fixed traits and therefore cannot be remolded. This is false. The spiritual potency of Kriya Yoga, like an all-consuming fire, destroys the seeds of past bad karma and of earth-binding past and present desires. The increased life force coursing toward your brain will cauterize the seeds of all reincarnation, making good and bad karma grooved in the cerebrum and subconscious mind. What else does Kriya do? Kriya gives us freedom from pain and suffering. The cornerstone of our Guru's teachings, and for that matter, all of yoga philosophy, is the understanding that the goal of all humankind is twofold. One, the permanent removal of suffering and the attainment of ever new bliss. Sounds good, right? In his recording, Removing All Sorrow and Suffering, Paramahansaji asserts, those that will practice Kriya Yoga, they will see how far advanced in any method of prayer it is. All physical, mental, and spiritual sufferings are destroyed by the roots, and there will be no recurrence. Think about that. How is that possible? The first answer is, as we just heard, Kriya cauterizes the seeds of karma, destroying them in that way by the roots. But there's another dynamic happening here too. When our life force is withdrawn from the senses into the brain and the spine, we begin to experience the joy native to our souls. And in that consciousness of the self, 
we become impervious, immune to pain and sorrow. Simply put, Kriya provides us with a haven in the spine that safeguards us. I experienced this acutely many, many years ago. I was going through a dark time with suffering on every level. And my only relief at that time was to practice Kriya long and deep. The painful circumstances did not disappear. But through the inner absorption, through Kriya practice, it was as if it had been eradicated. It could not touch me. And that refuge, that sanctuary, is available to every one of us. Kriya also eradicates moods. Now, moods don't generally destroy outliers, but they are pesky little things that cause a great deal of distress and havoc, not just to us, but to our poor beloved friends and family who have to put up with us. So we are relieved to hear this remarkable guarantee from our guru. He says, practice Kriya and you will not suffer from moods. Many of us can testify that that is true. For Kriya gradually brings an equanimity to our mind and our emotions, a peace that remains throughout the day. And then there's simply no room for moods. Kriya also brings freedom from evil passions, as it's described in the autobiography. We read, we know that man is usually helpless against evil passions, but these are rendered powerless, and man finds no motive for indulging in them when there dawns on him a consciousness of superior and lasting bliss through Kriya Yoga. This brings to mind a story I heard many, many years ago of a Kriyaban who went through many setbacks in her life and she started drinking again without any control. She did not want to give up her Kriya practice, but she sure couldn't give up her alcohol. It was almost as if she held her Kriya beads in one hand and her wine glass in the other. She had the good sense to call out counselors here at the Mother Center, and she spoke to one of the nuns who wisely advised her to keep on fighting, and no matter what, not to give up practicing Kriya, even a few Kriyas every day. So she kept on, slowly, gradually, ever so gradually, she started to meditate more and to drink less until that great day came when she held only her Kriya beads in her hands and she never drank again. What a victory for her soul. God bless her. Of course, dealing with the struggle and the shame you experience when you're trying to overcome a 
negative habit, a, destruct, a destructive habit, it's not easy. We all know that. But Kriya holds us steady and makes us stronger for the fight. Kriya does not give up on you, and the Guru never gives up on you. No matter what your mistakes and misdeeds, every morning and evening you have a chance to be redeemed by your Kriya practice. It's as if you're, you just keep on knocking on heaven's door as you keep on practicing Kriya. And suddenly, one day, that door to the heaven of your soul swings open. Remember, there is no one too unworthy, too marred, too broken to practice Kriya and to be healed and comforted by doing so. The ideal, of course, is to be drunk with God. Here's something our guru said about this in one of his recordings. He said, night is the only time you have in this world to make love to God. And night you must use your Kriya Yoga and deepest meditation so that all day when you work, you'll be drunk with God. That's the way I have led my life. And that's the way we can lead our lives. Kriya also brings us a, a loving relationship with the Divine Beloved. And this, for many of us, is the most significant, or one of the most significant benefits from our Kriya practice, enabling us to establish that intimate, one-on-one -on -one relationship with the great love of our lives. This is Guruji's personal testimony. He said, whenever I felt God was gone, as soon as I practiced Kriya Yoga, he was with me right then and there. Another time he said, my beloved Lord is never more than a Kriya away. I have a wonderful little picture in my room that a devotee sent of a saint who's walking in the courtyard of her monastery with her prayer book in her hands and a companion close by her side. And what's interesting, you know, nothing unusual yet, but when you look again, you see who that companion is, and it's none other than Jesus. And every time I look at it, I think that's what Kriya does. It, it helps you feel accompanied by the divine, not just in meditation, but throughout the day. And we find that that relationship is so all-encompassing. God becomes father, mother, friend, beloved, delightfully interacting with us. As a result of over 50, well over 50 years of Kriya practice, one of our senior nuns, she joyously sums up her relationship by saying, he is my everything. Kriya lifts us to a higher state of consciousness. 
Now, I think I'd better make this clear for a moment. Kriya is not a magic wand that you just wave to wave away all your problems. But I do believe there's some extraordinary magic in the practice of Kriya. You invariably find that no matter what state of consciousness you're in when you begin, you're in a higher state when you end. Just by the simple process of revolving the life force, the concentrated life force up and down the spine with the mind calm and steady, we discover what Yoganandaji describes as a portable paradise within. Well, maybe create is the solution for everything. Lahiri Mahasha said so. One of his disciples tells us in the autobiography, no matter what the disciple's problem, the guru advised Kriya Yoga for its solution. Think deeply about that. How does that work? When you practice Kriya, you are clearing out karma, developing your intuition, and raising your consciousness. Three vital accomplishments. And as a result, as Sri Teswar told Yoganandaji in a fascinating conversation they had in the autobiography, one finds his instant guidance, his adequate response to every difficulty. And Guruji gratefully agreed, saying, I have been subtly directed to adopt the right course in everything, even in minor details. Again and again, we see this working. Problems arise, solutions appear. Problems arise, solutions appear. It always feels like a miracle, but that's just what Kriya does. We could go on and on. Do you have another hour or two and we will look at all the other benefits that we receive from Kriya? But in the final analysis, what is important is for you to ask yourself, how has Kriya and meditation changed my life? That's what matters. So I invite you to take some time after this class to introspect on a very deep level about what you've received from your meditations, the benefits that are true and real in your life. What I'm getting at is this. Not everyone who meditates will experience bliss, at least not to begin with, but all who persevere in meditation, without exception, have received definite results. And many of these go unrecognized because we expect something more spectacular. Isn't that true for all of us? So many of you, when you write to us, you happily comment that you've noticed in your life, you've witnessed in your life, countless little significant changes. Your willpower has increased. You get along with your family. You 
are better able to deal with challenging people and challenging circumstances. You cope better with everything life throws at you. You so often tell us God is real and He is with me. So if all the superlative benefits we've talked about now are not yet true in your own experience, don't begin to doubt yourself. Take heart from the words of our guru that he offers us now. He said, fortunate are those few out of the masses of humanity who have the good karma to receive the technique of Kriya by which the light of God is revealed. You have much good karma. Believe that. And let the light of your soul shine forth. It is who you're becoming through your meditations that matters. As you practice, as you go deeper, you spiritualize your nature and revealing that the goodness of your heart, your kindness to others, your enthusiasm to live a, a God-intoxicated life, your caring, your servicefulness, these are your spiritual triumphs. These are your spiritual treasures. Speaking of treasures, in addition to the many wonderful benefits we've covered earlier, the greatest treasure we gain when we receive Kriya from Self-Realization Fellowship is to enter the covenant of the Guru-Disciple relationship with Paramahansa Yogananda and our sacred lineage of SRF Gurus. Kriya does not come alone. You have these great gurus reinforcing you every step of the way. At the very center of the science of Kriya is that sacred relationship. This was Guruji's own experience. He tells us, in the early years of my spiritual search, I was blessed to have frequent association with saintly souls whose God consciousness transported my consciousness into supernal realms. But it was not until I met my own God-ordained guru, Swami Sri Yukteswar, and received initiation from him that I understood fully the transforming power of the sacred guru-disciple tradition. Baptized in a radiance as of a thousand suns, my whole being was blissfully enwrapped in God's love and secured in the care of Guru's wisdom. How sublime that is. And that, that relationship gives us a profound sense of security how tremendously, tremendously reassuring it is to know that we are loved, cared for, watched over 
by the Guru. Always. One of the chapters in the autobiography that has a, a strong impact on so many of us is the one entitled Years in My Master's Hermitage, where Paramahansaji describes the training he received from his Guru Sri Yukteswar. Now, so many read that chapter and then they express to us, to us how much they wish they could receive training from a great master just as Yoganandaji did. Well, you can. That's what the Self-Realization Fellowship lessons are all about and what they offer the earnest seeker. I've often thought that what our Guru learned during those 10 years under the watchful care of his Guru, the self-discipline he had to develop, the wisdom he absorbed, the principles of how to behave and how to live a God-inspired life, they are all encapsulated in those first 18 lessons. And these are the lessons we mentioned earlier. These are the ones that you request in preparation for Kriya. Because first, through the lessons, you learn the three techniques of energization exercises, the Hangsa technique, and the Om technique, which are all an integral part of the Kriya Yoga and an essential preparation if you want to gain the most from the Kriya technique. In addition, you gain more insight into the power of prayer and devotion. And devotion is especially important in the practice of Kriya. Our Guru said, always remember, Kriya Yoga plus devotion. It works like mathematics. It cannot fail. You come to understand that all the techniques you learn are not a cold science, but a loving means to experience God's love. Kriya especially opens the floodgates of your heart so you find that in that little heart of yours is more love than you ever thought you could contain. Now keep in mind too that Kriya is a way of life, a life of the highest spiritual ideals. And this is very much emphasized in the basic lesson series and later in the supplement lessons. In the autobiography, there's a description. When Sri Teskor would gather his students in the courtyard of his hermitage and he would expound about spiritual principles and he'd emphasize the value of Kriya Yoga and a life of self-respect, calmness, determination, simple diet, and regular exercise. That's a valuable list to elevate your lifestyle and a great tool for introspection. Later in the autobiography, our guru proudly tells us how the young boys at his Ranchi school could meditate unmoving 
but he also emphasizes that they are taught by precept and example the virtues of simplicity, self-sacrifice, honor, and truth. Evil is pointed out to them as being that which produces misery. Good as those actions which result in true happiness. What a great understanding of true happiness that presents to us. And the beautiful precepts that are too often missing in the world today. I've been enjoying mentally repeating them over and over like a, like a sacred mantra. And I posted them in my room. And I wondered, why am I so enthused about them? And I realized that these are the virtues and the, and the, the values that really thrill the soul. And they are the foundation of our path to liberation. You might enjoy working with them too and see how you can make them manifest in your everyday life. Self-respect, what does that mean to you? Determination, simplicity, self-sacrifice, honor, truth. So those months of preparation for Kriya as you study the 18 lessons is outstanding for a number of reasons. A lot happens. You end up being transformed from who you were to who you want to be. It's almost as if in those nine months, you are being born. One of the words in the class description that really struck me is the word embrace. You embrace the spiritual discipline the sadhana that is given in the lessons. Now, some people think of the word discipline as harsh or constricting, but it is ever so freeing when you freely embrace a life of disciplined practice of meditation, study, balance, all these wonderful qualities you're positioning yourself to gain the most in this way from the holy science of Kriya. And that leads to the ultimate freedom. Are you feeling ready to hear another wondrous story from the autobiography of a yogi related to Kriya? Perhaps you've been wondering how Yoganandaji first became connected with Lahiri Mahashaya. How that happened is an extraordinary story. One of the employees, Abhinash, of Yoganandaji's father, asked for a week's leave from his office duties in order to visit his guru in Benares, Lahiri Mahashaya. And Master's father, Bhagavati Sharan Ghosh, ridiculed his plan. Are you going to become a religious fanatic? concentrate on your office work if you want to forge ahead. As they walked home together, Bhagavati sought to console him by pointing out the advantages of striving for worldly success. But I heard him listlessly, Abhinash said. 
my heart was repeating, Lahiri Mahashaya, I cannot live without seeing you. This is how he described to our guru what happened next. He said, our path took us to the edge of a tranquil field. There in the field, only a few yards from us, the form of my great guru suddenly appeared. His voice resounded, Bhagavati, you are too hard on your employee. For a few moments, your father was motionless with stupefaction. Then he said, Avinash, not only do I give you leave, but I give myself leave to start for Benares tomorrow. I must know this great Lahiri Mahashaya, who is able to materialize himself at will in order to intercede for you. I will take my wife and ask this master to initiate us in his spiritual path. By the very next evening, they arrived in Lahiri Mahashaya's secluded home, where he sat in locked-in meditation. He blinked his piercing eyes and leveled them on your father. And he said, Bhagavati, you are too hard on your employee. He added, I am glad that you have permitted Abhinash to visit me and that you and your wife have accompanied him. What a delightful story and a really great illustration of the importance of giving our spiritual life, our spiritual efforts, efforts first priority in our lives. That's the way to forge ahead. Our Guru's father provides us with other important insights into the life of a Kriya Yogi. Listen to this description of how his father coped when his wife died a few years later. Gurudev tells us, the rent left in the family fabric by mother's death was irreparable. Assuming the difficult role of father-mother to his little flock, he grew noticeably more tender, more approachable. With calmness and insight, he solved the various family problems. After office hours, he retired like a hermit to the cell of his room, practicing Kriya Yoga in a sweet serenity. Kriya does have a way of opening our hearts, of making us more tender and loving. And it helps us develop our intuition so that we, too, can solve our various life problems with calmness and insight. Our Kriya-inspired intuition is a reliable source of guidance we can depend on, that's for sure. But also note in this story how our Guru's father lived his life. After work, he didn't seek out various diversions or distractions, as so many do. He went to his room and practiced Kriya in a sweet serenity. What's incredible is that our personal efforts to practice Kriya in the privacy of our homes, for our own salvation, 
also provides tremendous benefits for all the world. Our former president, Merlini Mata, told us, Guruji said, the world needs not just dozens or hundreds of Kriya Yogis, but thousands, millions of Kriya Yogis spread around the world who will bring that light of God into their lives and reflect it to others. It will change the world. Guruji concludes his autobiography with this declaration. He says, the blessed role of Kriya Yoga in East and West has hardly more than just begun. May all come to know that there exists a definite scientific technique of self-realization for the overcoming of all human misery. Then in closing, Gurudev sent his loving thought vibrations to the thousands of Kriya yogis scattered like shining jewels over the earth, and, and no doubt to the millions of Kriya yogis who are here now, who have come and will come in the future. And we are grateful for the incomparable blessings of the science of Kriya and the Guru disciple relationship and ready to hear with hearts open this final message from our loving guru who tells us you are my brothers and sisters and i cannot bear to see you left in delusion make your irrevocable determination today. My heart aches with you, bleeds with you, and I plead, sleep no more. Friends, come. Be castled in self-realization. Wear the armor of self-realization and be free. Jai We want to invite you to join us now for a brief meditation and the practice of a visualization that our Guru Parmansi Gwananda has given us. You'll see the link below.